Live streaming is on. Hello, everyone. This is Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Welcome to This Week in Bitcoin. Today is December the 6th, 2019. Strong hand. Bitcoin is the next Bitcoin. Value your wealth in Bitcoin. Offended by selling. Unconfiscatable. Okay, dudes, we, we got some newbies and we got some oldies. We got everything here. Adam Paul Moore is making his debut. He's rocking it. Ken Bozak, he's here this week. He's made his comeback. And Alex, you can't see him, you but he's here. Him. But and guess what? Somebody's got uh someone's got this show on in the background. So turn it down because we got a little bit of an echo. All right. So hello, my elite friends. Good to see you today. So we're going to start off with uh, something we talked about earlier in the week, uh, a, a, an inspirational tweet by Adam, which is linked to below. And again, that Adam, not this Adam. Uh, all I'm saying is look at the price of Bitcoin, then compare that with the amount of Twitter, Reddit, real life conferences, etc. interest in Bitcoin. The two don't match up. If all these people talking about Bitcoin actually held bags, the price would be greater than $100,000. So, dude, there are not as many holders of last resorts out there, are there? No, I think the people are are waiting on the sidelines or they're interested in it. And they may think that they're into Bitcoin because they have like $100 worth or $200 worth. But if you take a look at the total number of, of people on Bitcoin Twitter, and that's just a small subset of the Bitcoin space and the cryptocurrency space in general and then you take a look at what the price is i mean we only have 21 million bitcoins and i mean i i understand you know like all the bitcoins that are out there are accounted for and some somebody mentioned that but if you really had uh hodlers of last resort um like I, i'm not selling my coins at all like even if bitcoin went to hundred thousand dollars tomorrow i'm i'm still holding on to them for at least another 10 years uh, because i understand the the value proposition of it so my not fear my my assumption is that most people are are actually um they're into bitcoin but they're waiting until really hyper bitcoinization is is going to take off then they'll get in as soon as they can and then you know try to ride it to the top as opposed to tying up the capital now i have already allocated the capital i'm going to allocate other than just like a monthly dca amount and i'm that's where i'm at right now so i'm, I'm happy with what i'm holding and I'm going to keep on holding. So those Satoshis are off the market completely. Yeah. And they're not, and you have no plans of, but the problem is, is we had a lot of guys going back and forth, tethering it up, doing all sorts of things. And I, I don't, and if only they were not, if only everyone uh, ha had the planning and, and treated it as a savings account. Uh, Alex, your thoughts on this. Uh. In what sense? Oh, in the sense that it, do, are, are are there a lot of people talking a big game out there that aren't really holding? I mean, we, we probably. It, we, probably. I, I just don't know if you know. There's, there's any. Um, I, I don't know if you can actually measure that kind of data. So, um, so who knows? Maybe there isn't. Maybe there is. Um, I wouldn't have a clue. Right, so the, even, even, I, the, the other possibility that I think is it's, it's possible that like uh, Trace has the you know Satoshi run. You know, January 3rd and 
I think that it's possible that some of the uh, the exchanges are actually playing fast and loose with their actual reserves, and uh, so it's all pa- it's all paper trading and it's not mm-hmm. real. I mean, obviously, yeah. I can't prove that, but um, that's what we I, need. I think that I think that's a, a real possibility. I don't I don't think we should discount that. That is what's going on. <laughs> that's what proof of keys is going to be about, and yeah. we will we will talk about that. I mean that. That will I- I expose definitely that there. Uh, some of these guys uh, they say they're trading Bitcoin over there, but you don't know you you don't know if you have it until you really control your private key. And people are going to learn the hard way. Uh, Ken, you tried to say something in there. Uh, I don't know what I was saying, but I was thinking of saying like you know it could be the other way around. Also, you were talking like you know individual weak hands, but institutional strong hands also are happening where they're getting into this and not day trading it as much as just accumulating it. Uh, even corporations are starting to acquire Bitcoin in the sense of uh, for security reasons, for uh, ransomware. Recently, even like airports was just hacked for Bitcoin ransomware. And, you know, European companies have publicly stated that they're hodling Bitcoin in case they get hit with ransomware. And it's not like they're day trading it. So I like to think that, you know, there's institutional level of strong hands out there as well. We don't have to just look at the individuals. Yeah, but I... I- I I think again. I think Adam's point was that a lot of people are talking like like they are. They if all the people that talked a big game really held it, really had strong hands. I don't think the price would be what it is right now. But even Andrea Constantopoulos doesn't live all in on Bitcoin. Yeah, that's true. I mean that that is I mean, that's a great point. Pound that like button, people. Uh, he is a he talks all the time that he's spending it all the time, uh, and. Uh, I mean that's that's I mean you spend all the time too, Ken. You're uh that's your thing. You're not a I'm all in. You're yeah you're living your life off of crypto. Uh and I think uh more people than we uh more people than we think are uh well you're not doing what you're doing, but just not really holding it. Uh some of these big talkers out there. But we'll we'll see. I, I guess the reason I'm so uh I, I'm such a holder of last resort. I just wish there were more. I wish every uh, personality out there in the space had a really. Well, there's no price in which I would sell my Bitcoin, as in like all in or selling my to make profits from. By the time that point comes, there would be nothing to sell my Bitcoin for because there's no more U.S. dollar. If anything, it'd be paired to gold, and I'd be trading it for that. Well, let's. Uh, yeah, so Ken's living in his own. Ken's living in his own personal hyper Bitcoinization right now. And that's great it's if you're if that, that's where it's you're a, at. It's a beta nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, keep going, Adam. You're, he's... No, well, I'm, I'm saying you know if, if you're at that point now where you're you're earning your living in Bitcoin, that that's amazing, and and you, I mean, you're actually going to be paying a fee to go back and forth. Unfortunately, I um, make money going back and forth every time. Okay, well. Th- that's that's the game anybody, I need to get into. Anybody can get paid in Bitcoin, by the way. If you work at McDonald's and you get direct deposit, you can get paid directly in Bitcoin. Uh, Bitwage, you set, you set up an account with Bitwage and they give you an account number, a routing number. You give that to your employer and your direct deposit is instantly sent to a Bitcoin address that you provide. So you have the keys and you get paid in Bitcoin. I did that back in 2016. How have I never even heard of this? And I'm on Twitter like hours Bitwage. Check it out, guys. Okay, I'll check it out. Uh, Alex, you're, you're a guy that in Australia, at least that lets people, uh, I, I gotta let you get in a plug right now that lets people okay. buy, buy, I mean, this kind of blends into what you do at Amber app. So, uh, t- talk about Amber app real quick for the Australian people. Yeah, you know, I guess really simply is, you know, wh- whether you get, 
paid directly in Bitcoin or whether you just earn dollars and convert it to Bitcoin actually doesn't make much of a difference. You know, at the end of the day, like you know, outside of the, the, the exchange fee that you're going to pay, which is getting smaller and smaller and smaller as competition heats up, um, you know, g getting Bitcoin isn't as hard as it used to be. Um, and, you know, what we're doing with Amber is just making that um, simpler. So, you know, download the freaking app, link your bank account. If you get paid weekly, just tell the app to swap an amount of Bitcoin for, sorry, swap an amount of dollars for Bitcoin every week. If you get paid fortnightly, do it fortnightly. If you get paid monthly, do it monthly. Whatever the hell you want to do, you just tell the app to do it for you. And, and it takes the stupid out of um, you trying to time the market or whatever other, you know, ridiculous notion that as a human being you might have. Um, so, you know, just shut up and, you know, let, let the app buy the Bitcoin for you. Australia, Australians. Yeah. That, that's mm -hmm. uh, that's key there. Okay, so all these dudes are linked to below. You can find out more about uh, Amber App uh, also through Alex. And there's something else that Alex is doing that he's going to talk about that I was not that familiar with. So I, I'm, I'm pretty excited. We got some some news. Uh, but before we get into that, there are people. Okay, people in the chat. If you have questions, we actually will answer it this time. You can just. I don't know in. who's in the chat keeps talking about hex. Oh, you see, hex, that's just a scam, bro. You're falling for it, Ken. You're fall It's noise. It's noise. That's uh, I usually. Uh, and you have a moderator in the chat. They should. No, be no there's no, that. there's no moderator in the chat. What, what happened? That whole thing works. That the the way that spread that that thing that crypto dividend that you should just get for free and turn into Bitcoin. They got people here and there that just bring it up and then hope that it gets brought up on air. So no, it's I mean, not we'll, free. You're giving up your well, public yeah, so we won't, we won't, that we won't, shit ain't free at all. Yeah, we, we data, your data and private information comes at a cost. There is a value associated to the cost that you are paying for this Bitcoin X. Yes. Un unfortunately, You're buying it. You are buying it. Unfortunately, the thing is the way he's got it worked out is that you even saying negative things about it just brings more attention to it. So we're not going to, we're not talking, it wasn't scheduled to be talked about today. And so we're not, we're Delete. not going to, we're, we're not we're not going to talk about it but that guy can people can yell about it in in the chat if they wanted that's what the the chat can be a cesspool sometimes and that definitely is a uh cesspool related uh thing that's going on but but moving moving on from that moving on from that i, I do want to say other people in the chat uh you can ask your questions just type in bitcoin meister and uh we we will answer that. But there was someone in the chat I saw beforehand said they didn't think, or I, I thought I saw they didn't think proof of keys was going to work as well this time. I think it might bring down an exchange. I, I really think that. I think I think Trace he's doing it very professionally. He's first of all proof of keys to anyone that doesn't know is a Trace Mayor uh, initiative, and it's just trying to educate people. You can't keep your Bitcoin on these exchanges. Take it off now. Do it by January third which is uh, that's the 11-year anniversary of, of Bitcoin. So I'm spreading the word here. I'm sure Ken's, everyone's trying to spread the word. So is this news of the week? It's news of the month because he start, it's, we're a month away. Well, we're a little bit under a month away now. So I, I don't know. I actually think it might really do something this time. Like maybe uh, a, a minor exchange could be brought down. And that would be great because people would learn the hard way and be well, like, not even not even brought down but the amount of people that could be saved exchanges exiting overnight with 90 million dollars worth of volume you know for daily volume it's that's a lot of money that could be lost in just one day so like you know the amount of people that could be saved from some kind of event like that it, it's it's better than i guess like the negative side of saying bring down an exchange i'd rather say save the traders or save the people that are 
you know, unfortunately dumb enough to hold on an exchange. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, that's that's the pot that is the positive take on it. That I mean, that's yeah, that is the bottom line. Everyone get your stuff off these exchanges, whatever you got. You, you, it's they're not for storage. We've had nine major hacks this year. All right, Adam, anything on uh, proof of keys you want to say? Well, the only thing that the only thing way would work is if it was kind of a coordinated not attack, but a coordinated run from one particular exchange. Because suppose suppose a, an exchange is really playing fast and loose with the reserves, right? And suppose they're they're trading uh, half. They only have half of what they say they have. Um, you would have to have you know fifty one percent in order to bring down the exchange. Um, and lots of exchanges have already said that like they they have a hot wallet and they have cold wallets and and their hot wallets only you know one or two percent or something like that. Yep. So. Uh, you know, so you, you could potentially like erroneously bring down an exchange, like an exchange could be hundred percent reserve, but yet have everything in cold storage. And then they have to cut off, uh, they have to cut off withdrawals, but that's a security measure. So, um, I, I love the idea. I, I have the only, the only Bitcoin I have on exchange right now is on cash app that I've DCA'd. Um, so that'll, that'll be coming off, but, um, it's hard to tell if it actually works. I think, I think the, the educational aspect of it is the more important thing, but you're right. If we had another Mt. Gox situation or um, uh, another big exchange that, that collapsed, like I think we're still actually reaping the benefit of Mt. Gox because you have people that are aware that these exchange, a lot of exchanges are not regulated, they're overseas or whatever. And we, you need to be eternally vigilant so that you're not, you know, not your keys, not your coins. Yeah, but unfortunately, there's those quote unquote legitimized exchanges that, you know, don't matter if they're overseas or not, like with that uh, Mt. Gox level of notoriety, even uh, uh, what was it? Um, Quadriga yeah. was the Canadian exchange. And that was a pretty damn legit was like Canada's Coinbase, And they just straight up gone with all their money. That was really like Canada's. I, I don't know. I didn't know the way that can. Canada they had a lot of money on that stupid little exchange, man. I felt bad because it was like real it was like common sense. But then you look at how much money's on Coinbase. And just because they seem like the legitimate exchange that they are, it doesn't matter how legit you are. If those Bitcoin are hacked, they're gone. Doesn't matter if, you know, Coinbase was legit or not. Well, it's people's confidence in the government regulation. They think it's so super regulated. Uh, 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 the Coinbase is, and it is. I mean, apparently they. I mean, they follow every. If Coinbase rule. gets hacked. We're gonna. We are gonna bail them out. Just like if the banks lose money, we bail them out. That's mm. what will. That's exactly what will happen. Pound that like button. That's a really good point. <laughs> that that is that that would be interesting to see if a Coinbase or Gemini like exchange actually got hacked. Taxpayers it, will pay for it, guaranteed. That would be horrific. Uh, but it might happen. I mean, yeah. tell me it wouldn't happen with that. The level of institutional backers they have, they can't, they're not too big to fail, but they're too big not to get some type of hell Mary help. If something were to happen, that's a good possibility. Yeah, I'm thinking about that. I just hope it doesn't. I mean, yeah. Uh, well, I hope it doesn't happen because well, that- every exchange hack is an inside job, bro. So hack in quotes, <laughs> hack in quotes. It's always an inside job at some level, always and forever. It's never been hacked. You've been robbed by a, a level of some form of employee at some base. That's true. Uh, it's uh, well, uh, yeah. Someone gave away a secret to someone outside, so they were able to get steal everything. Even if it's not intentional, they had their phone hacked because they were on a shitty Wi-Fi network, and they because they were in charge of the hot wallets and 
three out of four of the, the keys, the users were hacked. That's all they needed for the multi-sig. Canyon's speaking some truth here about the freaking, this, this should wake everybody up. It, it's still keeping their stuff on there. This would just be a, a scared straight uh, segment. I, I want to get Alex in here though uh, about uh, th this type of thing. Australians, are they still doing this, man? Are they still keeping their Bitcoin on exchanges? Your thoughts on proof of keys? Look, for me, I don't keep stuff on exchanges because I'm more experienced. I actually think most people shouldn't um, store their own stuff, not until they know more about how to do it uh, effectively. I've actually seen more people lose Bitcoin from their own incompetence than from someone else's incompetence. So I'm mm -hmm. going to take the alternative view just to play devil's advocate. But um, most people are more retarded than the employees that are working at potentially ridiculous exchanges. So what you'll find is more Bitcoin has been lost because people are dumb as opposed to Bitcoin lost from um, exchange hacks. I, I would argue that that's probably the reality. So, um, you know, I would, you know, put a strong caveat, uh, like one, I agree with what Adam said earlier about, you know, exchanges that, you know, are hundred percent reserve, you know, they have things in place like, you know, cold storage amounts and all that sort of stuff to ensure that, you know, funds are kept safe. Um, and, you know, having a run on an exchange that is doing that, um, might make it look like the fucking exchange is illiquid or doing, you know, plain funny buggers when in reality it's not the case. So, so that's one thing that we need to, you know, be, um, you know, cognizant of. And then the other part is that people shouldn't pull their stuff off exchanges unless they know how to properly back everything up. I mean, the amount of people that I know that, yeah, they go, oh, yeah, i got a ledger. And then the 24 words that, you know, that come with a ledger, they've got that in their fucking top drawer. <laughs> like, you know, I'm pretty sure the fucking exchange is going to be more secure than that. Um, yeah. So, you know, because they, let's say accidentally they decide to wash their clothes and the fucking 24 words go into the washing machine and then they don't know and they think they've got their fucking ledger. Um, so, so I actually think, yeah, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of the whole, um, the whole January 3rd push because I just don't like, you know, it, it reminds me of, you know, ideas like, oh yeah, equality is great. And then people run off with the fucking idea without, you know, questioning it any deeper. Um, you know, for example, you know, not understanding the difference or the nuance between um, a quality of opportunity and a quality of outcome. So, you know, th these things are nice in principle, but they need to be um, more more deeply thought. Well, he, 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 I, he, there is an educational uh, <clears throat> initiative around it too. It's not just take your keys off, take your coins off. Learn how to store it too. He is hmm. trying to he is trying to do that. So that you, you make a very important point. If you're just you can't just blindly take everything off. If, if you've been keeping your stuff on there for two years and you never learned how to do it, then yeah, you're going to be prone to making a big mistake. You got to learn how to do it. But no, I do. I do like the other side that problem. We, we don't have the measurements, but uh, more Bitcoins probably has been lost through people just uh, not storing it properly. And uh, three to 4 million Bitcoin are currently uh, considered lost or dead Bitcoin because of the inactivity. Yeah, yeah, I mean, how many people do you know that jumped into a pool right, with their phone in the early days? Hmm. Like, man, the amount of people I know that lost Bitcoin in the early days, holy crap. Like, you know, anyway, anyway, the, I, I just think 
we, you know, instead of running around and just, you know, making blanket claims, you know, we just need to think a little bit deeper. Is this a good point? Good, good point. And again, it's the, there's also an educational program with this. Hopefully, Trace Trace will actually be on the show next Thursday, so I'll have to I'll have to bring that uh, I'll have to bring this uh, aspect of it up with him. So this is this is good. I like this. I like uh, any uh, thoughts on what Alex just said, you guys. Yeah, I actually wanted to ask a question to the group. Like, what do you guys think of these exchanges blacklisting uh, stolen Bitcoin? Uh, and, you know, freezing it on their exchanges when the Bitcoin a- enters that exchange. And how I, I believe that that's a form of, you know, some for like I look at when an exchange is hacked as some form of uh, a false flag event. And how are they going to utilize this in what way to manipulate the population? And now we see these exchanges saying that they're going to freeze Bitcoin that have been considered stolen Bitcoin from that exchange and basically steal it. So if you were to, for some reason, in some way, become in possession of these Bitcoin and go to, onto an exchange to trade it for something else, you're going to lose your money because you got stolen goods. Yeah, that's antithetical to the whole essence of what Bitcoin is supposed to be. So, exactly. you know, like I, I, you know, a big middle finger to those guys because the whole point of Bitcoin is, you know, it, I mean, th- let's. Don't get me started because I'm going to start swearing and I'm not allowed to swear. So. <laughs> you swore so much. I'm about to make it a drinking game. Don't, don't Sorry, worry. Man. Don't worry. He's doing his best. He's from Australia. Pound that Sorry. like button. No, keep, keep going. Keep going. Keep going with, with Alex. Keep going. It's, it's just, I mean, the, you know, they're, they're playing God with other people's money. So, so they're, they're not, they're not like, I remember Chain Analysis reached out to us at Amber saying, oh, you know, we want to work with you, blah, blah, blah. And I, I told him, you know, where to stick it and which building to jump off. Um, so like first things first, like, you know, if you're going to go and use an exchange, um, have a look at, you know, who they work with and all of that, like no exchange on the planet should work with Chainalysis. No exchange on the planet has the right to look at, um, you know, where that money came from or, you know, all that, get get the hell out of here. Like, you know, we're not, you know, we're, we're trying to rebuild finance and money and make it free, flat and open, not just reinvent the same crap that, um, you know, we're we're bound by at the moment so yeah man i I don't know that that stuff really 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 gets me worked up because um no nobody's got the right um to tell you what you can and cannot do with your money um and particularly particularly when um something is you know fungible as fungible and digital as bitcoin is um and you know you coming into possession of something that whether it's allegedly stolen or allegedly come from you know what somebody thinks is a black market, you know, or dark net or whatever, you know, that, that, that's just somebody's opinion first and foremost, but, you know, irrespective, like these chain analysis companies and all of these guys that they, they can't really ascertain what's what or who's who, and you're going to end up with people, um, yeah, effectively having their Bitcoin confiscated um, by some moron exchange trying to play God. Um, I tried really hard then not to swear. You did. No, you did well. And I want to say chain of that. Not a lot of people are putting the middle finger up the chain analysis because they just had to uh, fire. They had to fire like 30 people or something. Let let a lot of people. So uh, uh, that that was that was good news that uh, that maybe that business model isn't isn't working out too well for them. The the spying on on people model. But uh, again, to to avoid uh, having a blacklisted your, your Bitcoin blacklisted. You know, you can go to BISC if you need to buy some altcoin. You're not going to get blacklisted there. Well, but first, again, actually, yeah. Do you know what? Sorry, sorry. I'm going to interject it. First of all, don't sell your Bitcoin. Yes. Second of all, don't touch crap coins. 
you know, um, we know what the real word for that is. Yeah. Um, third of all, um, I mean, the, you know, follow step one and step two. <laughs> well, I'm saying like the real hazard here is the the concern people are going to have when purchasing Bitcoin uh, OTC peer to peer and not going through that DD channel is they're going to be worried about getting blacklisted Bitcoin and it be worthless because they can't use it anywhere. Uh, even merchant services are starting to uh, have issues with accepting Bitcoin. I can't remember the name of the service, but it basically tumbles Bitcoin. Um, uh, oh, the, the mixer. Uh, the, yeah, yeah, one, one of them. Uh, the, I, I can't think of it now yeah. either. Coinjoin, Coinjoin, Coinjoin. There yeah, you go. They're having a lot of issues accepting Coinjoin Bitcoin at, at merchant side retailers because a lot of their services are saying that those Bitcoin could potentially be malicious, so they're not acceptable. The best thing to do is just to taint every single Bitcoin in existence, yep. and then Thank we don't you. have a problem. Yeah. Yep, good point. Hundred percent. Either taint every single Bitcoin, or you know, we we see the rise of um, products like BTC Pay Server that just don't care, um, and, and that's what we need more of. We need less BitPays. We need more BTC Pay Servers. Yeah, Ken. I think you're bringing up. Uh, I mean, you're bringing up good points. I don't know how. I don't know any entities uh, personally that are uh, that are uh, not accepting uh, big. I mean, uh, that's really. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, uh, a, a retailer, if I mean a, a retailer on the street, if they accept Bitcoin, they don't know about this stuff yet. I mean, they don't, I, I mean, it, it's it's something it's something to take into consideration. Definitely, this this blacklisting stuff and uh, yeah, I think whitelisting addresses is another way that they're going to try to centralize Bitcoin. I don't mean to sidejack the convo, but I worry a lot about the potential that whitelisting Bitcoin addresses has by basically making KYC Bitcoin bank accounts. I mean, we'll, we shall see how this all. I'm glad you brought up this topic because it was not uh, it was not scheduled, but it definitely uh, uh, generated some interest there. I'll leave it with uh, Adam. I mean, you you're a libertarian type of thinker. Any any other thoughts on this uh, coming from your uh, uh, your viewpoint? No, I agree with Alex, and there's really no reason for anybody to do any kind of business with with a chain analysis company or or any type of business like that. Um, the fact that they're they're spying like it just makes me want to take all my coins and like just continuously coin join them because just for the principle i i like i mean i'm into bitcoin because i'm into freedom and i'm into liberty and for somebody to try to subvert that i i, I feel that they're more of an enemy to me than the government is actually at this point yep 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 100%. yeah that, that's a that's a really good point to end this uh part of the conversation with hold on, because oh, yeah, they're, so. they're the traitor yeah <laughs> the government's just doing what they do they're the ones that are like selling you down the river. Mm, that's a pound that like button, dude. And 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 X A Y A. My my buddy in the chat sent four dollars and twenty cents. He said pound it. Well, thank you. I guess that's in honor of Ken being on the show today. <laughs> so uh, I, I want to move on to Alex. Your new the, the the project you were telling me about off air. Where, where, mm -hmm. uh, what's what's that about? What is it? Okay, so Bitcoin Times was um. It originally started off as a talk that I gave at a um, at a conference, at a blockchain conference, and my my talk was blockchain is dead, the future is on lightning, um, and you know the future is on lightning and on Bitcoin, and um, that you know pissed a whole lot of people off. And then in the in the um, in the lead up to the to, to the talk, I you know wrote notes, and you know my half an hour talk ended up blowing out to four hours, so I turned the um, all the notes into a publication and we called it the Bitcoin Times and we kind of released it as it was kind of like just just some content for the exhibition but then you know 
I got so much good feedback from it and, you know, I passed it around to a couple of people like, you know, Dan Held and Nick Carter and stuff like that. And they absolutely loved it. So we turned it into something where um, basically the idea is that twice, a, once or twice a year, we're going to release a, a publication called Bitcoin Times, which is full of long form essays and well thought out content on Bitcoin. So it'll have a maximum of eight writers. It'll be done a maximum twice a year. And the idea is just timeless Bitcoin content. And edition two, which is the first time I've done it with somebody else, is coming out uh, probably next week. Um, so we, we finished all the content in October. It's just been in design since then. Um, and it, like I, not to blow smoke up my ass, but I think this will be the most important bit of, um, or, or the most profound bit of Bitcoin content ever written. So you've got eight writers. There's me, there's uh, Robert Breedlove, there's Rory Highside, there's Huss McCook. There's Gigi, Dan Held, Nick Carter, and Connor Brown. So it's like eight like really, really good writers. And the theme is the theme of um, personal sovereignty. Like, um, you know, I, like the article that I did in there was called The Rise of the Individual, The Fall of the State. Um, so, so I think it's just really, 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 um, it's, it's going to be potent content. So um, look forward to releasing it. It'll be free online as a um, as a digital version for people to um, to, to download, and then we're going to do like a limited edition physical print run, um, probably like twenty one thousand or something, and then <laughs> um, and sell it for um, for Bitcoin only. But um, yeah, and then look forward to doing another one next year. What URL is is there a URL? We'll be able yeah, to it is. So it's um you don't do the www. So it's just the HTTP you know dot dot forward slash forward slash bitcointimes.news oh bitcoin i'm writing it down bitcoin times and it'll be linked to below guys yeah bitcoin. And it's, got, it's got a twitter handle as well it's um at timeless bitcoin at time everyone right there at timeless big okay so that that hopefully I, I will add that below and again alex has written things i mean that's how i found out about, about, about alex a while ago got him on the show long ago now because you, you've written some profound pieces so people Reading is fundamental. It's not just about you know listening to podcasts and watching us here. Read the stuff too. It's it's I always link to it below. Great to hear that Hass will be writing and a GG. All these Nick Carter's been all of them been on the show before. So uh, I, I'm looking I'm looking forward to that. That is good. And of course I will uh, as soon as it's out, it, it will be mentioned on my show. All right. Uh, any uh, just anything else about that, Alex? Before we move on, I wanted to. No, man. I mean, the, the, all the top, like, because uh, I edited the whole thing, just made sure everything was all sweet. Like, the articles are so good. Like, ev everyone's pieces are, like, some of the best pieces that any of them have ever written. Like, they're so Are you going to redistribute this on platforms like Steemit? Uh, I've never used Steemit or anything like that. So what, what, what do you mean by redistribute? Like, just copy-paste, you know, the, uh, like you said, free digital version. The free digital version could be on Steemit, and you could, like, monetize it that way. Uh, okay, maybe. I mean, I, I don't know enough about that stuff. Any what someone could do it for? I mean, that I, I know what Ken's doing. Well, that's doing plagiarism it. at some point. <laughs> if someone, if someone calls, I'm sure if I someone know it's called curating content. No, 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 but, no, 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 no. But, but Ken, if you said that, if you said to Alex, "Hey, dude, you you've got this whole thing printed out here. Can I just reprint it on another platform so more people see it?" I mean, I don't think you'd have a, an exact problem right. with that. <laughs> if you ask permission, people usually are willing to let the content publish this for. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I mean, it, it'll be. I mean, it'll be easily 
copy and pasteable. I'm sure if, if you know, just spread spread the word that way. Uh, but uh, yeah, you know, actually on that topic there. Well, first of all, Ken, I want I don't know which topic to go to next. The the social media. You 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 Ken are all over crypto social media. And on last last show that we had on, uh, Vlad was on the show talking about how many people have been demonetized by YouTube. And he had written an article in Bitcoin Magazine, again, linked to below last week's show, about how people can just, uh, their ways of using Lightning Network to to raise funds for your, uh, to get little contributions for your videos. I'm of the mind that you can just put little, your Bitcoin address right underneath your video or on your, your publication, you know, like Alex's uh, has, I'm sure at the end of Alex's publication, there's a bunch of, uh, there's a Bitcoin address that says, you know, donate here if you like what we're doing. That, that That's what I like. But I mean, can you, you go deeper here, man. You're, you're, well, you just, you just talk about steam it. You, and you're mentioning the float thing before. So, so what's up with that? Well, yeah, and not for nothing, but you don't even have a Bitcoin address on your screen being displayed. So it's no, I do. No, I do. I underneath at the moment right now. No, no, underneath screen. You know, underneath my video, if people are watching this tape, I mean, I list all these big all my Bitcoin oh, addresses in the like, info. In, in the info, info. yeah, in yeah, the info, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. That's the simplest thing you can do, right gotcha. there. Yeah, I always imagine it being like right on the screen though, like a like a company logo or something, like I mean, Fox or whatever, you know. Yeah, man, bottom, right? that, that's true. But my Adam Meister, Bitcoin Meister, no fancy sets or graphics. Pa- but no, that, pound that like button. But I know I, I would be up for that, of course. I mean that that's well, fine. Check out uh, Unstoppable Domains, and you can get Adam Meister or whatever, and you could that could be your Bitcoin domain name because I got one. Well, I mean that's taking it to a whole. I mean that's. Okay, that, so there's something people can do. But for me, I keep it simple. I just li- – there, if you want to – I think simple is posting it on Float or Steam or Somi or other – like. Well, what is this Float? Platforms. What is Float? I want to know – people want to know what this Float thing is. Uh, I- so I – big shout-out to uh, Edward Kingsley and Aaron Nakamoto. They're my friends from Vegas. Uh, they designed this social media platform that basically utilizes – crypto for content creators and for social media, you know, uh, moguls, I would say like people that have like, you know, the influencers or whatever, like when you go onto Twitter and you're a, a you have a 10,000 followers and you do technical analysis, you can't easily monetize that as much as, you know, you would like to without selling yourself out to make sure you talk about TA on a specific exchange or some bullshit. But like on Float, you, Adam, could sign up and you could set up a subscription-based model like Patreon or like, you know, uh, Kickstarter or whatever, where I can give you like a dollar a month in Bitcoin or 10 bucks a month in Bitcoin. And that gets me access to your premium content that you're posting that's very well thought out and things like that that you would normally post on Twitter and get no ROI for the amount of effort you put in other than those artificial likes, you know? And it's all Bitcoin. So float is float, F-L-O-T-E dot app. And when you super chat somebody on there, unlike YouTube, that 420 we got from uh, Zaya Zaza, yeah, YouTube stole 30% of that before it ever gets to you. And it loses how much value on its way from then till now in the pending process. You know, so um, it's just Bitcoin on float. So when you go to super chat or subscribe and do the reoccurring donations to a content creator, it's all Bitcoin and you get all of it except for, you know, the obvious transaction fees. 
Yeah, yeah. That, that's. I'm glad they built it on on Bitcoin, or they're using Bitcoin. Yeah, I, only I, Bitcoin too. Yeah, yeah they, I, I, I've heard of that. And I actually meant to contact that Kingsley dude. Well, can you actually? Or I, I, I'm going to let you do a double header in in talking here because you got to get out of here at three o'clock. You're you're limited, but we we can stick around. Uh, you wanted to, you wanted to mention that Coin Telegraph article about uh, Microsoft announces token collectibles on Ethereum blockchain. I'm skeptical of things like that, but you you wanted to mention that. I just think it's an interesting proof of concept that this didn't cost nothing. They put effort and resource into it. They had to put manpower and that costs money. So they invested in Ethereum in a sense in producing these. And I think that this is just a, a beta test of the, the technology at hand where they, you know, Microsoft is huge gaming platform and not just, you know, uh, whatever, but they're only using the NFTs that they created for rewarding the developers in their ecosystem based on like uh, how well they've contributed to the uh, community by contributions of like charity or like noble deeds of honor. And they get a, an NFT that could be traded on an exchange at value or something to that effect, which is really cool. But I think that that's just them in-house beta testing this technology, seeing how it works. Uh, and then I, I would assume reasonably apply that to their gaming side of their business, what Microsoft does with their uh, skins, in-game content, loot boxes, things like that. Like, uh, Right now, I know that Engine helped them build this, and they're working with Samsung. So you have Microsoft, Samsung, Engine, all of these big players working in the NFT you know, market looking at these non-fungible tokens. And maybe you're right, it's a gimmick use case, but it's definitely, I think, stirring the pot that could potentially cook something interesting up. Okay, you, you, you got a positive spin on the whole thing. I, I like that. I, I, I like that. Whenever I hear about tokens, tradable tokens, I'm just like, oh, it's such a gimmick. Oh, my God. Oh, dude, I, they're pet rocks with googly eyes for sure. But I'll buy those because even Beanie Babies gain value. And that's the thing. I, I say innovate, people. Innovate. Uh, just because I don't like uh, <laughs> to unique tokens on Ethereum, it doesn't mean they can't do it. I don't want to destroy Maybe hey, get I have my own collectible on Engine. I am tokenized as an NFT, so I am. I, I, I could send you one. You just got to get the wallet. Another thing, Ken's got his own coin on Steemit now, too. On uh, the Yeah, Steemit. Ken with two ends. Ken with two ends. But there's only 420 of them. Yeah. <laughs> So you can you dabble in many, many different things. Well, someone in the uh, you know we're talking about uh, altcoins here. Let's let's go back to someone asked the Lightning Network question. Can uh, you gents discuss the benefits of Lightning on exchanges? Well, that, and that it was, an, and I forgot to bring this up uh, or to write it down as a topic. That uh, was it. One of them was it Bitfinex. Now you can do Lightning exchanges. Is it, yeah, is they that, just made it possible to buy things on Bit Refill and stuff like that but, with Lightning. But 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 the exchanges now, the Bit Bitfinex or somebody like that is accepting uh, Lightning. Uh, you can use the Lightning Network on there. I apparently. definitely could talk on it, but I feel yeah. like I no, 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 did any. Did, did you guys know about that at all? Lightning. Do you guys have any Lightning Network uh, comments in general? Because people usually want to hear about that. But that 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 exchange announcement. I know I don't have the uh, specific. I have an interesting take after these guys. Yeah, do you guys have uh, lightning things to say? My experience with lightning is is so limited, and it's basically just to to send tips back and forth to other Bitcoin. Yeah, okay, uh, so I've I've never actually 
bought anything with lightning ever the only the only thing i've ever bought would with, with on-chain transactions yeah this is actually a good point there's i mean it, it's early on in lightning yeah, I, oh, I, yeah. I've never, i've never bought anything oh yeah i never either uh alex any lightning from you yeah i mean i guess the whole point of it is to be able to fund and withdraw from exchanges really quickly um and to also do it without you know getting fee congestion which you know at some point in time is going to come again um so i mean you know it, it's it's a preparation thing at this point more than anything else um so you know from what i understand bitfinex partnered with bitrefill to do something with it um but i, I didn't yeah, I haven't looked into it much, so I don't know. Yeah, actually, that that's good. The the, the way you describe it is perfect. It's a it's a way to prepare for the future congestion. <laughs> I think uh, I think that is uh, wise. Uh, before, you know, everyone. Yeah, that that's that that's a good way of summing it up. Uh, uh, Ken, you said you were going to say something different. Yeah, uh, I think that there's going to be a very interesting, positive, unexpected result of lightning on exchanges, and that's going to be. Uh, large bag holding uh, in order to facilitate a transaction on the Lightning Network, the channel has to hold more than what is being transacted. So these exchanges are going to have to hold a shit ton of Bitcoin in a channel. That's long. That's hodled up. That's going to be there, and it's it's uh, you can verify it. You can see how much they're holding. It's I think it's interesting, and it's also going to I think in uh, intrigue institutions like banks in creating lightning channels that have large amounts that can facilitate huge transactions on the lightning network. Uh, if you wanted to send 2 million Bitcoin on the lightning, you need 2 million in a Satoshi in the channel to facilitate it. So, and you can profit from these micro transactions in that sense on the lightning network. So they're incentivized to participate in some way. And I think this is a, a great way to see Bitcoin being held uh long term for that use case uh and then incentivizing large you know uh institutions that have a lot of capital to just hold it as a means to monetize it for the transaction fees to facilitate for the trans for the exchange because exchanges are going to have to use specific uh lightning channels and they're probably going to become bank operated channels dude that was a great take on the future of I I I, I hadn't thought about all that stuff in, in terms of the exchange side of uh, the Lightning Network. There, good we job. Smoke sometime, bro. Yeah. <laughs> he's, gal he's galaxy brain right now. Yeah, man. Pound that like button for bringing that up. Uh, all right, dudes. Uh, did you anything else? Uh, you did anyone want to add to Ken's uh, uh, talk right there? All right, cool. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we will move on. Uh, Ken, we're, I mean, I don't know if you really got a jet, do you, man? Yeah, I got to go, guys. I'm going to be over on the Dash podcast at 3 p.m., so I guess I'll be right on time for that if I head out now, man. I'm sorry. Dude, man, da Dash is going Why would you drop a Bitcoin podcast for a shitcoin podcast, man? Come on. <laughs> Commitment. But, no, no, go, go, go. He's real skin in the game. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, literally. No, I'm a fan of uh, crypto, man. It doesn't matter what team wins. As long as team crypto wins and fiat loses, that's my my whole spiel. But all right, guys, much love. Have a day. All right. See you, Ken. Hey, we're, we're, we're sticking here. So, yeah, yeah. Dash is, uh, you know, they go from Amanda Johnson to Ken Bozak, man. We, we, all right, good. So let's move. Let's let, we're going to we're going to talk about something that we don't really talk about. Uh, Adam's got a really interesting uh, feed out there now. 
Twitter feed. Now we've had the Bitcoin rabbi on here before. He he's he's brought up a little bit of religion and Bitcoin. But but Adam, you've got a couple tweets about that too. So do you have anything uh, you, you wanted to share with the public about all that? Yeah, I mean, one of the things that brought me to Bitcoin is the fact of how good the the platform is. Like the fact that it's it allows people to transact without. Like it prevents them from from cheating each other, or at least cheating each other from a like a central bank kind of standpoint. And so, um, my interest in it is not just like to get rich, although that was my initial thing. Like I, the reason why I got into cryptocurrency, and I was mentioning earlier, first thing I ever bought was Ethereum, and I, I was just doing like I doubled my money in Ethereum. I thought I was the smartest guy in the world, um, and then I was like, and then I actually lost a bunch of money, you know, with the roulette wheel. Uh, the crypto roulette wheel and um, I started to actually realize like what what Bitcoin was good for and um, it goes way way deeper than just um, just payments and buying coffee and things like that it, it really allows people to get back to creating really civilization and getting back to to storing their wealth which is a good thing so people say like oh hoarding money or you know trying to accumulate wealth that's a bad thing that's a greedy thing that's actually the way that people are able to provide for their families they're they're able to build things that last and have value if you're if you're a good person with money you can do a whole lot of good with it instead of like letting the government take it from you and 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 start foreign wars for no reason um so i see bitcoin as fundamentally changing if we can get this if we can get this thing off the ground uh it's really going to fundamentally change the way humans interact um, and I'm not saying anything that anybody else hasn't said it before, but just, uh, you mentioned the Bitcoin rabbi, I mean, him get along real well. Um, I'm a, I'm a Christian. I'm a, I'm an elder in a Presbyterian church, um, PCA church. Uh, so my view is that, uh, anything that's, uh, good, true, or beautiful is, is something positive. And I think Bitcoin actually, uh, ticks all those boxes. Like not only is it true, like, you know, you're, you're verifying transactions and you're making sure nobody's cheating you. Um, it's good because it, it allows people to transact around the world without without theft, without stealing. Uh, and it's actually beautiful because the protocol itself is just like people try to say, you know, oh, it's the next Internet, you know, or it's, you know, as good as the Internet. In my opinion, Bitcoin is, is an invention that's actually better than the Internet because the Internet really if you think about it, it's just a glorified telegraph, right? I mean, you're just getting information from one person to the next with a string in between. But but this solved the double spend problem. It solved triple entry accounting, Byzantine generals problem. Like it, it actually did something new that we had not had before. And so from that that perspective, like when I when I put all those things together, um, it, it's it's almost a re- it, it really is a religious experience for me. Uh, it's like an angel. So Satoshi was an angel came down and like blessed us with, with manna from heaven. I, I don't even know how else to, uh, how else to explain it. Ah, good. Old, good old Testament reference there with the manna. Uh, Alex, your, your thoughts, deep, deep thoughts on Bitcoin from you. As, as what, as a religion or? Not as a religion. No, <laughs> that's not your side of things. As anything. I mean, he, he brought up, uh, you know, it's true. I mean, yeah, just any floor is yours. Uh, for uh, you, you always have something profound to say. The ethics of it. What do you think about the ethics of Bitcoin? Well, I mean, I I was on the show with Marty and Matt Odell um, a little while ago, and I kind of said, you know, Bitcoin's the first um, 
the first thing that we've had or the first entity that is actually a prospering of the commons. Um, so mm. throughout history, we've always had a, a tragedy of the commons when, um, when everyone sort of comes into something that they all have access to um, and working in their own self-interest, we end up depleting the resource. Um, whereas with Bitcoin in the process of working in our own self-interest, we end up strengthening the common resource, um, which that like, I, I actually can't think of anywhere else where that's happened. You know, m maybe, you know, maybe the internet also qualifies as prospering of commons in some sense um, because it's also, you know, a network effect in the process of working, you know, in our own self-interest, doing our own content, doing our own, you know, self-promotion. We sort of broaden the, the content based on the internet. But Bitcoin's such a more economically powerful network than what the internet is. So, so I do agree with your notion that you mentioned, Adam, that Bitcoin's bigger than the internet. I think it will be. Um, I think, you know, if we look on a long enough time horizon i think the internet was sort of like the first step to allowing something like bitcoin to proliferate um you know they're, they're very similar i just i just released a piece which, it was an excerpt from bitcoin times edition one which is um which was called you know bitcoin and the internet like a high level comparison um i can drop the link in here later if you like but um yeah that'd be great. I, I, I talk about how um how you know what what the similarities are between the two and you know one of the things i mentioned is the fact that you know, when we had communications before, it was really, you know, this point-to-point -point, um, communications, whereas what the internet did is, or actually, sorry, I'll, I'll backpedal. We, we had point-to-point -point communications and, and the telcos and the powers that be were thinking that we were going to have this new information superhighway, which was still, from a topological perspective, going to be a point-to-point um, type of thing. So, you know, they went around saying, oh, you know, this new information superhighway is going to have video calls, blah, blah, blah. And, and, you know, all of these corporates were trying to build something with that um, frame of reference. Now, what the internet did was it reinvented um, global communication by not creating a point-to-point -to -point, um, topology. It created a mesh network where, you know, every point was effectively, you know, you could get to any other point through any other point. Um, and this, this whole, this network, all it did was it routed dumb packets of data. There was no smarts in the actual data that was um, being tr uh, transferred. It was just ones and zeros. And then it allowed uh, companies, businesses, entrepreneurs, or whoever else to abstract um, concepts on top of it. So if we look at Bitcoin, Bitcoin is also a dumb network that is not point to point like the banks are today. It is this flat topological network where money is routed you know, really dumb data effectively. Um, Bitcoin doesn't know, you know, who you are, what you are, you know, how much is like, it doesn't care about any of that stuff. All it's doing is it's routing data on this similar flat censorship resistant type network so that money can get from A to B irrespective of the um, the path that it needs to go. Now, that, that's not entirely, you know, technically correct, but from a, from a conceptual standpoint, you know, they're both very similar. And you know, the internet reinvented communication by doing something new. Bitcoin is reinventing money by doing something completely different to, you know, what we had before. And, and I think that that is a very profound, um, I guess, concept. Is that pro profound enough for you, Adam? Yes, <laughs> yeah. I was about to say profound. Pound that like button. Pound that profound like button. No, I like that. Uh, your, your, your feedback on that, Adam, if any. Yeah, that, well, that's why it's... It's supremely repugnant to me when someone is trying, like chain analysis company, trying to, uh, to you know, 
unscramble the egg as far as the routing of Bitcoin and things like that. And and also in a similar way, people trying, you know, Facebook or Twitter or other social media networks or or ISPs trying to censor um, various types of ideas that people don't like. Uh, I, I like I really do like the idea of uh, communication being free and open as well as uh, the transmission of money being free and open. And we're going to let the best ideas win out in the end. And instead of having this, especially a government uh, censorship of it. Now, if Facebook wants to censor an idea that doesn't like and everybody wants to promote that idea, they move to a different network and everything works great. The, the issue is when the government comes in and, and usually that's the way these things, these types of things work. Um, we're, we're trying to censor things in the public interest because we want everybody to, we talked about equality uh, a few minutes ago. We want everybody to have equality or, or equal time or whatever. Um, I'm of the opinion that uh, I don't want, I don't want government inter, involved at all, at all in Bitcoin at all in any way, shape or form. I like the fact that the exchangers are the wild west. Uh, mm -hmm. I like, the, I like the fact that um, I, I like when there's no money transmission licenses. Um, I, I want Bitcoin to be as free as humanly possible. Hundred percent agree with you. Man. Oh, be beautiful, beautiful. Okay, well, that 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 was profound from both guests. So I'll, I'll leave you two with final with final thoughts as we're we're approaching the the end of the show. Uh, Alex, anything you want to promote? Anything that was left off? Anything you want to say? Any, anything? Your floor is yours. I, I just think if anyone hasn't read the Bitcoin Times yet, hundred percent check it out. You know, so, some of what I just discussed there is um is in there. It's it's a really you know cool long piece. You can read it over a weekend. Um, and then definitely keep an eye out for edition two. It's it's bloody. It'll be so good. And then um and then obviously if you're in Australia, download Amber and just start putting away some Bitcoin. Um, you know don't don't let your own stupidity and you know thinking that you can time the market or whatever, get in the way, just, just DCA while you're doing it. You know, if you've got a stash, great, but just continue to accumulate. Um, I think that's the smartest thing you can do. Um, so yeah. And, and Adam, thank you again for having me on. Um, yes. I appreciate it. Dude, actually just out of curiosity, that dude that was on before, his name was Ken, right? Yeah. Ken Bozak, baby. Yeah. I, I've, his name sounds familiar. Um, yeah, he, he's big on the North American side of things. I, I will tell you that. But, you know, everyone's got different people. He's a good guy. You're Australian. Ken is – well, I, I know um, Hass, anyway, Hass knows Ken. Hass no, definitely knows Ken. Hass and Ken know each other, definitely. Yeah, they've, okay. been, they've been on the show together. Maybe you, maybe that's where you stumbled upon uh, Ken before. But, uh, no, he's, he's, a, he's a good – he is all – Ken dips his fingers in a lot of different coins. I mean, I'm not going to agree. So in, other, so in other words, he's a bit of a shit coiner, is he? <laughs> well, I don't want to say that because he does love Bitcoin. I mean, he said it. He wants crypto to win. I mean, that's his take. That's his take. He's a he's a wild man. He loves to go to events all over the place. So a lot of people, yeah, every, everyone's different. I, I love it. I, I bring together all sorts. We got Australia in the house. We got Ken in the house. We got a religious man in the house. We got everything here. Pound it, baby. Um, cool. Adam, what, what are your, your final thoughts? I have nothing specific to promote. I'm, I'm a hodler of last resort. I'm just spouting stupid information on Twitter. Um, I'm interested to read the Bitcoin times. That's that a lot of the, uh, a lot of the authors that he mentioned there. I, I'm actually real. I'm, I'm going to promote that for you. Thanks man. <laughs> Alex, I'll definitely go check it out. Um, somebody in the chat mentioned the idea of, you know, we need, 
uh, we need easy to digest things for the masses and, and I'm all for that. Um, but I think that there's a, we, we need, we need to, as humans in a society, like stretch higher and, mm -hmm. and do the best we can to, to tackle some hard things that are, um, above our pay grade a little bit. So I'm really looking forward. Like when I, when I hear that there's, um, interesting, well-researched, um, Bitcoin articles and stuff, I'm all for that. So I'm very happy for that. Thanks. Yeah. Ben. Yeah. Reading is fundamental people. It is. I, and I understand it too. People want easily digestible Twitter. Twitter is, you can learn from Twitter also, but there's sometimes yep. you got to read the articles. You, you can't just read, yep. you can't just read this, the cliff notes. You got to read the, uh, the, 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 the articles. It, 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 it helps you. It makes your hands stronger. And yeah, Alex is going to be, is, is writing some deep stuff with his friends. Uh, but it's, it's good. I, I, you need the deep, you need the deep stuff, uh, at times. So we got, but we definitely have both in this uh in this space we got a lot of people on twitter just uh shooting out one-liners but we we got this also so th thank you to both of my guests and uh, keep on keeping doing your content any way you guys can um adam you've been uh, I, I loved your debut here he shall return adam adam will be back here of course alex will this is i think this is alex's third time on the show and ken's been on plenty of times he, he'll be back also but i hope all you guys enjoy I, I don't know if a lot of you know who adam is now you do he's awesome man so Thanks, i'm also adam i'm adam meister the bitcoin meister the disrupt meister remember people subscribe to the channel like the video share the video check out all the links below i'm going to add the links uh, that alex discussed and anything that was that's not there right now so you, you can learn more it's not just about watching the video you gotta you gotta read the links click on the links and and read the supplemental uh material also we do this week in bitcoin every friday here on the bitcoin meister channel i do a new show every day disruptmeister.com i got like over 1500 videos there Anyway, well, I'll be back on Saturday night. Until then, let me wish everyone a Shabbat Shalom. We will see you Saturday night. And, of course, this week in Bitcoin will be here next Friday. Who knows who will be on? I will be in Tucson, Arizona, though, because I'm always on the move. In motion, people. Pound that like button. See you later. Bye-bye. See you guys. This is Trace Mayer, and you're listening to Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister. Anyways, this is a public service announcement about the annual celebration of Proof of Keys. That's where the entire community withdraws all their Bitcoins to addresses where they hold the private keys and run a full node. So visit ProofofKeys.com to learn more about why and how you should participate. And please make a small change to your Twitter handle to show your support. Thanks.